Welcome to the Boondoggle Podcast. Yes, it's Halloween. It's a Halloween special this week. I don't know, I should put on a more ghostly voice. It's a Halloween special. That's not ghostly. Okay, let's start again. What's that sound? Oh, yeah. It's the boondoggle. The book, the boondoggle. And this week, I conveniently have found some stories that are a little bit spooky. Well, I found one that's a bit spooky, and then there's another thing that actually happened to me. Well, someone I know. Because this is the Boondoggle Podcast, and I am Alex Boone, and you're listening to me. And it is a podcast where I read stories from a book that I found. Still, people think I wrote these books, this book, that I found... But alas, no. I uh, yeah found it somewhere. Uh, it doesn't matter where. But I found it. So keep all your suspicions to yourself. Or at me. At. Uh, right. I'll give you my ats. At me. At Instagram. The Boondoggle Pod. Twitter. Alex Boondoggle. Yes. Uh, what I said in previous episodes. Uh, the Boondoggle Pod. I said it would be that. But... Uh, that's too long, and the boondoggle is taken. So, once again, I've, uh, yeah, messed up in a way. Um, so, all my things are different. My website is theboondoggle.co.uk, my Instagram is theboondogglepod, and my Twitter is alexboondoggle. So, you know, I don't know how... It's not Business 101, but... That's not what we're here for. We're here for some good times. And good times we shall have. But this week, in a spooky fashion, because it's Halloween. Uh, well, it's kind of, this is the closest I can release it to Halloween without messing up the usual podcast scheduling. Um, I was supposed to be in in a cottage in the Lake District this weekend having a little murder mystery party. But there's some real horror in our midst in the form of a pandemic. And therefore, gatherings of groups of six are not permitted. Well, gatherings of groups of 14 are not permitted either. And um, so I'm doing a podcast. I mean, I would have done the podcast anyway. But uh, yeah, instead, this is my spookiness. I don't really, to be honest... Just jumping on the bandwagon here. I don't intend to do much Halloween stuff. Um, the last time I dressed up for Halloween, I dressed up as Old Greg from uh, the Mighty Boosh uh, with real seaweed on my head. And the police um, stopped us 
We had just bought some alcohol before the age we were supposed to. And the police, yeah, they caught us and we were all... I believe they let us off because of... I think I was... Was I the... I think I was the only one dressed up, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, we assured them we were on the way to a um, a residence and we would be uh, nice little boys. And so the uh, the... And they saw that, you know... Someone with seaweed on his head. He's not going to cause trouble, is he? He had. I had a, a tutu. If you've seen the Mighty Boosh, you'll know. And it was a pretty spot on uh, costume. I had a tutu, uh, probably a yeah, shiny jacket, seaweed on my head, and um, probably some sort of dark, not, well, smir- like makeup smeared on my face, and lipstick. So think if you were a policeman and you saw someone doing that, you you know, let them off. We were seventeen guys, and uh, yeah, we were generally on the way to a party. But that is the last time I dressed up for Halloween. Uh, so this year, I've just decided to do the podcast uh, in a Playboy Bunnies outfit. So as you're listening to this, just imagine me. Um, a, uh, a long, dark-haired, mustachioed man with a uh, a tight leotard and bunny ears. Just imagine it if you want. And that, I mean, usually, that wouldn't be seen as a, a spooky costume. But imagine me in it. And that's a thing of your nightmares. All right, then. So, um... Shall we crack on with story one? Okay, let's find the story. Story one. Oh, this is a true story. And it goes by the title, Beware. The Crescent Moon. In the village of Grindleford, in the heart of the Peak District, two girls but 16 years old step off the train. A man on the platform pulls down his newspaper and says to them, Beware the Crescent Moon. The girls look up to realise the moon is crescent, but dismiss his comments as fear-mongering nonsense. The one girl, Amanda Pinkerton, had few possessions with her, for she could not fit many in her small rucksack. The other, Jemima Hartsworth, had more possessions, for she could fit more in her large Van Gogh 60 litre rucksack. The girls stop for lunch at the nearby cafe and receive an unusual reception. It was at the same time frosty, yet welcoming. Amanda orders burgers for both of them, but is refused as there is no meat left. The man at the counter has cut hands and scars across his weathered face. It is difficult to recall his age. Visitors to this same cafe have mentioned the writing on the menu. If you want a kid's meal, tell us. We are not mind readers and we don't do refunds. And correct change only. We are not a bank. After Amanda orders the burgers, it has been said that the man at the counter told her, We have no meat left. We'll have some. And then he paused 
to stare out the window and said, Tomorrow. This unsettles Amanda, so she orders chips. The girls eat the chips. Amanda complains that the ketchup tastes funny. Jemima doesn't like ketchup, but feels Amanda has a prejudice against all things in the countryside, particularly the Peak District, and is projecting her hatred onto this. It's probably just Heinz ketchup, so she should shut up and stop complaining. It is dark now, being late October, and also being 7pm. Amanda drags Jemima into the only shop in town, just as it's closing its doors. The girls bicker about the point of their camping trip. Amanda wants to get wrecked on Voddy. It is believed, she said, get the Voddies in, no end. Jemima wants to forget the life of the city and spiritually embrace the natural world. When the shopkeeper discovers they plan on going camping, he repeats the phrase. Beware the crescent moon! Being the second time they've heard this phrase, Jemima gets suspicious. Amanda thinks the people of the countryside, more particularly the Peak District, are loopy, so there's no point listening to anything they say. She tells him straight, It's the full moon you're supposed to be scared of. Haven't you seen any films? But the man replies to her straight, You're not even from round here. You don't know what's creepy or not, so if I say to you, beware of the crescent moon, then you better bloody beware of it. Oh, piss off, she replies, and takes her vodka from the counter. But as the girls leave the shop, Jemima notices something extra strange. After looking around the shelves, she sees... There are no croissants, and nor are there any Terry's chocolate oranges. Mm, so we'll have a little break there, and just just some time to, you know, let that sink in. Beware the crescent moon. What could it mean? What could it mean? Um, so this, I mean, it says here in the book, it says this is a true story. And uh, we'll just go back through so what's happened so far. Is we've seen they've gone to the cafe. There's no meat. Well, they'll have meat tomorrow. What? They'll have meat tomorrow. What? does he mean by that? Well, I guess he means they'll have meat tomorrow, but why is he so sure? Maybe they'll get no delivery in. I don't know. Um, I just thought we'll we'll break the story up because just, you know, some people have short attention spans. So we'll just take, we'll sit back, we'll digest the horror of, uh, well, is there any horror? No, at the moment there's terror. Is it terror or horror? I studied the Gothic at uh, school and the elements of the Gothic, one of them is terror and one of them is horror. At this point, in the moment, I can't remember. One of them is the build-up. I think the horror, the horror is the sight of the thing. Terror is the build. So at the moment, there's terror. And then you reveal the horror. Okay, so there's just terror at the moment. So there's terror in the town, the village of Grindleford. And that's a real place. So it must be a true story. And it's um, near Sheffield. But let's hope this story doesn't paint them in a bad light. 
Um, yeah, I think we'll continue. You've, uh, you know, I've broken it up. You've got your attention back. And then let us continue with Beware the Crescent Moon. The crescent moon shines bright above them as they traipse into the woods. It is now 8pm in late October, and therefore it is now very dark. They hear a scream. But Jemima, a northern country lass herself, assures Amanda it is just a fox mating. Amanda once again complains that the countryside, particularly the Peak District, is a messed up place, but Jemima retorts that there are foxes all over London and they're a right nuisance, so she should shut her mouth unless she wants to get clobbered. The girls sit outside their tent in silence. Jemima breathes in the natural air while, Je- while Amanda swigs from her bottle of vodka. Another scream is heard. The crescent moon shines bright above them. Jemima snatches the vodka from her friend and swigs it herself. The natural air is not as relaxing as she once thought. An hour later, they are both absolutely plastered. It is really, really dark now, for it is 10pm in late October. Amanda has completely forgotten about the man's warnings. But despite being fully drongo, Jemima continues to worry about the lack of croissants and the lack of terries chocolate oranges what is the meaning of this it is now midnight it is pitch black something hits Amanda on the head it's brown and smooth with an orangey smell to it she picks it up and takes a look through the haze of her vodka stupor it's a segment of Terry's chocolate orange Something clonks Jemima on her head next. It is soft, flaky, with a buttery centre. Yes, it's a croissant! Beware, the crescent moon! The warning repeats in her head, but it's too late. They do not hear the leaves ruffling or the twigs snapping as footsteps move towards them. More screams. But the girls do not hear them, for they are their own. The following day... A family stop at the Grindleford Cafe. They see the aggressive signs and they order a burger and chips, making sure to let them know it is a kid's meal. Today, there is meat on the menu, but the ketchup still tastes funny. You may be wondering how I know this story in such detail if the victims never lived to tell the tale. The truth is that Jemima had a diary, and the rest of it, I filled in the gaps. Oh, God! That is tense. My nipples have gone hard. I shouldn't say that. All right, that was tense. Um, yeah, and that, I mean, according to the book, let me just double check. Um... Yeah, it says it's a true story. So, I don't know how long ago it happened, but 
Well, let's hope it doesn't do anything bad for the uh, tourist industry of uh, Grindelford because uh, I've actually been there and it's it's really nice. Um, I've been to that cafe. But luckily, um, I don't eat meat, so, um, you know, that wouldn't trouble me. But I did see those signs. Ah, well. As long as you don't eat the meat there, I guess you'll be all right. So that was, yeah, pretty weird story um, about, um, well, I don't need to tell you what it's about. You can read between the lines, can't you? It's pretty horrific. Because this is the Halloween special. Here's something a bit strange that's happened to me recently. Well, not happened to me, but here's something that I've noticed. Two burrito shops in Manchester have changed their names. We've had Pancho's, a favourite of the scene. Pancho's had changed its name to Casa Mexica. Boring. Pancho's. You can imagine your man Pancho, a nice, jolly, uh, larger fella, big uh, moustache, Pancho. And he, you can imagine him. You'd like him to sell you a burrito. Casa Mexica. Mexican house. Boring. And they've changed it, and I don't know why. As far as I can tell, it's the same uh, people that own it. But it's a different name. As well as this, I noticed uh, Chango's. No, yeah, Chango's. A shop just around the corner has now changed its name to Listo Burrito. Now, is there something? I mean, I don't have a, a value judgment upon them. Pancho's in Casa Mexica, there's a big, I've got a big favourite. Chango's and Listo, you know, it's, you know, they're all, they're both quite, they're fun names, aren't they? It's fun names. But, why these two places, have they changed their names? It's not horror, I could guess. It's not Halloween, but it is suspicious. Have they gone into the witness protection program? I don't know. But, you know, I hope there's nothing dodgy going on. Maybe I'll have to go in and investigate. But, um, yeah, it's just something to watch out for. If you're a fellow Mancunian, you know, keep an eye out for any more burrito places changing their names. Um, and yeah, let me know on the socials, the website, theboondoggle.co.uk, although you can't message me on that. Um, the Boondoggle pod, that's the Instagram. The Twitter is Alex Boondoggle. We're not on Facebook. We're not going to go on Facebook. Facebook is dead. Facebook's dead. All right. So if you're on Facebook, you're dead. So, yeah, this um, I used to live in this block of flats, uh, and I, I don't live there anymore because, well, you'll find out why. And this is what Julie, one of the women in the other flat, she told me this story. So she got this new flatmate who was a bit old school, you could say. Ron was the name. He would complain about, you know, kids these days and political correctness gone mad and all that kind of thing. 
and he hated recycling. No point, he'd say. All goes in the same dump at the end of the day. This was a major problem, as they all shared the same bins in this block of flats. There was a green bin for food, a blue bin for cardboard, and a brown bin for glass and metal. Each month would also be designated to a different flat for bin day, so that flat would have to take all the bins out for the bin men to pick up. And if you forgot your day, Stephen from Flat 3 would definitely let you know about it. You can be bloody sure of that. Stephen had lived in the block the longest and he was a right ass. He'd always go on about making sure everything ends up in the right bin. Everyone knew that, but it was weird because he was a climate change denier. It was like, it was something different. Like his motivation, it was like, it was life or death to him, in a way. So knowing Ron, Julie's flatmate, had these views on recycling, but she was too scared to confront him. Julie would do the bins, separating it out on the way to the communal block bins. But one week, Julie was on holiday, and Ron took it upon himself to do the job. He threw everything into whatever bin he liked. It just happened to be the food waste bin. And this is when strange things started happening. People had always dreaded when it was their turn to take the bins out, but they started dreading it even more now. Because since Ron had done that, each person who'd taken the bins out had gone missing. Some people saw the correlation but just dismissed it as a stupid superstition. Yeah, it happened two months in a row, but so what? But now it was coming up to Julie's turn, and she knew something the others didn't. She knew what Ron had done. So she went to Stephen downstairs to see if he could explain why he hated mixing the recycling so much. But there was no reply. She knocked again. Nothing. She checked the bin rotor. And this month was Stephen's month. And bin day was yesterday. After that happened, people stopped taking the bins out. The bins started overflowing. Even the council refused to sort it out. People moved out and nobody moved in. Now the flats are empty because nobody wants them. Apart from one thing living there. The bin monster! The bin monster has rain over every flat and it sits in a different flat every day watching TV and flapping its lid open waiting for someone to return so he can finally feed again. So yeah, that actually happened. Uh, and it's it's amazing that papers haven't picked up on it yet. But it's just, you know, I've, all, I've always tried to do my recycling well. But since now hearing that, you know, I make sure it's done extra well. So, yes, that's a lesson for you. You know, it could happen to your bin. Well, the title I had written down for that story is The Bin Monster, but if I'd told you that story was called The Bin Monster, I mean, it doesn't need to have a story because it's anecdotal. Um, but yeah, I'd written down The Bin Monster, and if I had said, this story is called The Bin Monster, you would have said, you would have tuned out. Ruined the ending. How long have we been waffling for? Oh, it's a shorter episode this week. I have less waffle, more awful.
Um, so yeah, you know, half an hour. It's a good length, isn't it? People haven't got all day. And there's only one of me, so it's about half as much talking as... Um, if there were two people, you'd listen to them for an hour. Half an hour, one person. It's simple maths. I hope you're well and truly spooked out by those stories. Both of them true. And both of them facts. One of them in the boondoggle. And one of them a story told to me by Julie. Thank you very much. And see you later, boondoggers. Keep on boondogging. No, wait, I was uh, tell you to like me first. Like me! Um, yeah, Giz likes, uh, follows, um, subscribes, and yeah. See you later, boondoggers. Keep on boondogging. <laughs>